Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. This week's episode is the second part of the best of 2019. Have a fantastic end to the year team. See you in 2020. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers, and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines, and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. So even though I had that one hour, which was the golden hour, I would have other hours during the day, you know, when I kind of finished or on the commute or somewhere where I just, I just wouldn't put the book down, you know, till it was finished in seven days, you know. But then, yeah, that was a part of it. Then the next hour after that, after reading and kind of feeling inspired, I would want to maybe overdose and maybe tap into like a 15 minute TED talk, you know, watch the TED. And then after that, I'll write a plan for the day. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do today. And I'll just write that and then I'll swallow the frog. So I heard yeah, about this today. Yeah, that yeah. is so strange that you just said that. Yeah. Because I was listening to a podcast today yeah. on the train uh-huh. and I heard two women talking about this swallow the frog. Yeah. Which for anyone listening thinking, what is that? <laughs> it's essentially if you write a list of things that you need to achieve today, yeah. what's the thing on there that you do not want to do? Yeah. Circle the thing that is the worst thing on your list mm-hmm. and you do that thing first. Absolutely. So one of a motto that I've shared on this show and that is kind of becoming like the uh, it's kind of becoming like the power hour motto, which is my motto is you can do hard things. And I often say it to myself mm-hmm. and to others at times when I need it. So like Getting out of bed early, you can do hard things. Lacing up my shoes when it's cold, you can do hard things. You know, all these times I've had to use it. And I think it's the same kind of thing of saying, if you can do the hardest thing first, then you'll, you know, it's fine. Whereas don't put that one thing off, procrastinate, procrastinate. We all do it, you know, like, oh, I'll do this first. But yeah, swallow the frog. Swallow the frog. If you can swallow a frog. I mean, then what else is there, you know? (laughs) So literally, I, that really, I mean, just that. So I'll swallow the frog and then I, I did like 20 to 30 one-on-one meetings a week. I was big on relational power. Yeah. I was big on just kind of just meeting people, shaking hands, having a conversation, letting them know my intention and what I'm planning to do, hearing their intention and what their plans are to do, see if there's any overlap and just kind of go with the flow. I was just in flow, yeah. you know, and that would be every single day. Yeah, And I noticed that with your 4am power hour and your golden hour and with your routine now with your son, I noticed you said you give him porridge, but you don't actually eat breakfast, do you? No. No. So you fast in the morning? I mean, for me, it's, I actually lived a fasted lifestyle for maybe two to three years where I would fast maybe five, six days a week. And that was part of my rehabilitation. Mm. Like that's- Because it takes discipline. I mean, that was, that helped to accelerate. And because of the- extremity of what I was involved in like I meant I needed to fast it was like almost abstaining from food and not just for me it's not just the food because if you just abstain from food and water you're just starving (laughs) so for it for me to go from starving to fasting I had to also be mindful it was huge mindfulness it was also a consciousness and me being aware of God and my interaction with him and then also 
keeping away from negative energy, negative conversations. You know, that was what made it not starving. So just it, fasting yeah. helped me. Obviously, guns and drugs are <laughs> the pretty negative. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of stayed away from yeah. that. So yeah, it did so really So the difference help. between starving and fasting yeah. was being intentional. Absolutely. You chose that. Intention. And I think, you know, what you're saying then about the 4am, about swallow the frog, about fasting, all yeah. of these things require such discipline. And yeah. for many people who don't believe that they have self-discipline, mm -hmm. they'll say, oh, I don't want to eat sugary things but yeah. oh I gave in today or oh, I don't yeah. do this but and they say oh I don't have willpower and we did a, a show already talking about willpower yeah. and I think you know when you had to give up as you said earlier on things that were so ingrained in your life part mm -hmm. of your identity your community your culture every, you had to give those things up and you know if you have the discipline to give those things up yeah. and to you know you can do anything so Absolutely. I'm sure for you getting up at four or fasting you know yeah. those things by comparison yeah. easy but, but we, just, we don't think that we're capable not the first steps though Okay. Like, I mean, the first, like, I've just started going back to, like, I've had seasons in my life. When I actually was coming off the street as well, at one point, I actually, for about a year or so, I got quite big, like, mus muscle mass and all the rest of it, and creatine junkie slightly, and just kind of just... I mean, you're big now. Press. Yeah, but <laughs> I was really, like... Like the like, Hulk. I mean, like, yeah, quite brodic, you know? And that was mainly just to kind of, now that I'm on reflection, just to make me feel safer. Because I knew I was kind of, you know, and also to occupy me. But literally, I haven't trained in that way in a very long time. You know, I don't do resistance training as much anymore. I'm an endurance athlete, part-time. So <laughs> doing endurance stuff, muscles actually cut the counter. It don't really yeah, help, yeah. you know. So um, I've been doing all of that stuff. But then I've been wanting to get back in the gym. And I have returned back. But I mean, this return has been very painful. I mean, it's not like I have to talk to myself every time before I'm going to go meet my PT and get this cracking. I'm literally like, yeah, you can do hard things. Hard things. Yes, I'm there, man. I'm like, get this done because you have a vision and if you don't, and you know, I started to understand the importance of one day. Tomorrow has become so it's, we take it so much for granted that we're like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. When I started to understand the importance of today, it changed everything for me. Because then I started realizing, I'm like, all right, cool. People want a good life or a great life or excellent life or a wonderful life. I'm like, what is life made up of? You can't touch life in its entirety, you know? It's just too big you know we can't hold it where is it you know so how am I going to make life great so I'm like all right cool life is made up of what decades if you're fortunate enough or years so I'm like all right cool I can't touch a year either like today I don't sorry I don't know what day it is today but <laughs> whatever day it is today I can't be in tomorrow or in yesterday I am in today so I'm like all right cool so I can't touch a year I can't touch a month, I can't touch a week, but I can't, I can't touch a day. So I'm like, my days, this is the only thing I have contact with. So when I started to see it as important, my, I can't let this one actually go. Let me not, let me do it today. Because tomorrow, like it will just become tomorrow and then tomorrow and tomorrow stays tomorrow. 
Only when you do it today are you going to get it done. So I just got into that kind of today action. Hear it, people. Hear it. I love it, Carl. I love it. Honestly, yes. And I've said to people, when is one day as well? Because people say, one day, I'm going to do this. One day. And when is one day? Yeah, yeah, one day. You've got to date it. You've got to date those dreams. And as you said, today. What are you doing today that's going to get you there? Because I said, tomorrow is a dangerous word. Yeah. There's always tomorrow. Always. Know, if you're lucky. If you're, and this is what it is. We take it for granted. We think there's always going to be tomorrow. Okay, great. So that leads me on perfectly to the yeah. power hour challenge. Yeah. So I ask each guest to encourage our listeners uh-huh. to do one thing this week. Maybe it's for an hour. Maybe it's not for an hour. Maybe it's once. Maybe it's every day. But something that we can do. So we've been talking about change. We've been talking about transformation. You know, I love this eating the frog and not, you know, one day. So what could our listeners do this week to make a positive change? Mm. One small thing. You know, I'm huge on connection. And I believe that if you're okay, it will be okay. If you're great, it will be great. You know, I believe it does start with you. And I believe we underestimate how important connection is to us. And we all have somebody that maybe we've mixed signals with. You know, it might be that um, you wanted them to text you on your birthday, I don't know, an hour before, and they text you maybe six hours into the actual day. And you're like, you know, I got a hump with that person. But you don't understand because it's not actually a worthy enough or valid reason to actually separate, separate, um, part ways with that person. Mm. It's actually going to be jarring you on a subconscious level Mm. you know it's not adding to you so I'd say this week think of someone that fits in that category Mm. and just drop them a text just saying you know what I appreciate you I understand we you know we were close I want that I want to share no pressure just want to tell you that I love you don't even have to message me back enjoy your day So what I mean by attachment style is it's influenced heavily by your childhood and how you were brought up. So there are three key attachment styles. There is anxious, preoccupied, which is what I am. There is avoidant, dismissive, and there is secure. So anxious, preoccupied is when you were inconsistently nurtured as a child. So it meant that as much as your parents were loving in a way that you can only you can define what that is, they still presented a lot of inconsistencies that made you feel really, really um, scared and uncertain so they might just go silent on you as a form of punishment or they would find other ways to weaponize their love for you so it means that you grow up feeling feeling like you need to jump through hoops for other people's approval and love and validation um, and the second attachment style is avoidance dismissive where you're pretty much the complete opposite of anxious preoccupied your parents probably didn't really interact with you much um, they might have been abusive and so it means that you are quite apathetic even though you deeply do still want the same amount of intimacy as every single other person in this world but you just don't know how to show it like them Um, and how that shows up in your adulthood is that you feel like intimacy is you losing your freedom and you miss people more when they're away but then when they're around you you want to be alone Um, and yeah intimacy is something that makes you feel quite uneasy and you don't really know how to express love and the people that you tend to be in relationships with will call you things like cold or you shouldn't be with anyone Um, and then the last group is secure where 
ideally you were nurtured by parents who picked you up when you cried, who listened to you, who didn't call you names while trying to correct you. And so it means that you grow up um, being able to understand people better and distance doesn't make you feel threatened or scared and you don't have abandonment issues like someone who's anxious, preoccupied would have. Um, and why it's important that you learn this is because this will really show you how you behave when you are maybe collaborating with people or even just hanging out with friends. And if you feel like, you know, if your friend doesn't text you back within four hours and you get really annoyed and upset at them, that's one of the things that you might want to observe deeper. And this will really, really help you to either mend your relationships with people or even improve them but it will also give you a lot of clarity for your past relationships with people that haven't worked out and that you don't necessarily have answers for um and there's a book that i read that really helps me with that and it's called attached and the front cover just has two magnets that form a heart shape and i think that book is something that everyone should try and read and even though i'm someone who cannot read a whole page of concentration i read that whole book with concentration because it's so easy to take the information in if you can give yourself an hour to learn about how your childhood has shaped who you are that's such a valuable hour and none of it is going to waste even if you're reading it and watching tv and reading it you're learning about yourself and knowledge of yourself is never anything that is irrelevant or wasteful even if the results aren't immediately visible it's still something about yourself that you're now taking control of yes yes thank you to do that's absolutely incredible and i really agree i read a book recently and a lot of it was talking about it was it was causing me to be self-reflective and you know it's asking me um you know you rate from one to five how many of these things like you said observing yourself and your own behavior and it's difficult to do i think it is really hard to do it's hard to do honestly and it sometimes i found myself almost having def- been defensive to myself yeah I was like <laughs> you do that and then i was like well no maybe just a bit and i was like no you do that and you have to really be like look yeah inward and be like you do that but why and like yeah if you something that you want to change about yourself you can i think that's important to acknowledge because sometimes people will say well that's just who i am this is how i am and that is it no. but like you said if you're resonating with one of those three yeah um, attachment types yeah can people change if they don't like yeah. what they're learning about themselves the thing is you're never just one rigid attachment style throughout your life often what happens is the attachment style that you identify the most with is the one that's normally um quite reflective of your home situation when you were younger so if you're in a relationship that's similar to the relationship you had or have with one of your parents who created the toxicity in your life then you're going to have that but then if you're around someone who's really secure and allows you to ease into yourself and doesn't make you feel those anxieties that you have in other aspects of your life then you won't you won't be presenting those behaviors so the whole point of it is to really encourage you to seek out those people and be conscious of those behaviors when they pop up because it's not going to go away overnight this is years and years and years of conditioning since you were born so it's not something that's going to be easy to do so you can't talk down to yourself in the process you can't beat yourself up in the process and ultimately you can't believe that you're a bad person i love mornings i haven't always loved mornings but i love mornings because it is the way that you start the day it it basically influences the rest of the day that you're going to have it sets your mind in it it affects your mindset it affects your nervous system it affects your energy levels there are so many reasons why it's important to have this power hour or early morning um so absolutely every morning i'm up at usually between 6 30 and 6 45 and i will wake up 
So I used to meditate first thing and what I found was that I wouldn't always get into the right headspace for meditation. Okay. Do you have an alarm? So the 6.30 thing, do you have an alarm? I do. And do you hit snooze or are you like... No, 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 no. I definitely do not hit snooze. I know that that's not the way to go. (laughs) So um, I have an alarm and I wake up. And then, yeah, what I realized with the meditation is that it's... You know, it's it's good. It's really effective to go into meditation first thing, but you don't always feel like it when you wake up in the morning because sometimes you've had a crazy night's sleep. Sometimes you're feeling a bit anxious. Sometimes you're still half asleep processing stuff from the day before. Sometimes you're still processing the food that you've eaten late at night. And so what I do, first of all, I'm going to ask you to do it with me. Okay. Is I have this four four point tapping routine. So you know me Adrienne and some of you listening may know me if you do you'll know that I'm super super passionate about tapping so tapping is an incredibly powerful self-help technique and it basically works by tapping on different acupressure points around the body if you've had acupuncture then you'll be familiar with the acupressure points but essentially we have masses of acupressure points all over our body and they correspond to different um, organs there are different energy lines going to different organs Um, our whole system is a network of energy lines essentially and so tapping um, on different points it helps wake up your energy body it helps wake up your nervous system it helps tap into your um, different organs in the body that need to be activated in the morning for example your stomach for example your spleen um, for example your immune system and so um, there are so many different tapping techniques that you can do but I'm just going to teach you a very simple one so when you're wherever you're listening right now please join in with us as well so if you um, look at your hands and then just fold your thumb into your like little finger into your thumb so that you look like you're saluting and you should have three fingers of each hand remaining. So if you just now take those fingers, hands to the cheekbones and just tap on your cheekbones just below the eye, you can just tap there. So the this point is directly related to this stomach meridian. And so I take some nice deep breaths in at the same time. So... So I'd tap about 20 times on this point. This feels good. I can imagine this would feel good first thing in the morning. Yeah. To like wake up your face. Like, do you know what I mean? Slowly wake you up. Totally. So, and don't be afraid to tap like a little bit harder as well. You're more robust than you think. So the next point is called your K27. So if you just um, trace your fingers to the bottom of your U-bone. So where you would tie, where a man would tie a bow tie, or if you're a a woman and you wear a tie, then you tie a tie there. If you trace your fingers to the bottom of that U-bone, and then move your fingers up to where the knobbly bit is before it joins the clavicle, the collarbone. Then just slide the fingers down and you'll find a fleshy part just below. So don't get too heady with this. Don't worry too much about where it is. Just start tapping there. So this point is called your K27 and it's basically related to your immune system. So if like me, you woke up a little bit throaty this morning, it's really good to tap on this point because it taps into the immune system and it helps you feel really good if you've got a cold in the morning or if you're feeling a bit tired and lethargic. So that's point number two. And then you breathe at the same time. K27 
Okay, the next point, which you're going to absolutely love, Adrienne, is the happiness point or the thymus gland. So if you... um, look at where you're like take your writing hand so for me it's the right hand I bunch it into a fist and I start knocking on my heart center so just between in the middle of the breastbone here this is your thymus gland so your thymus gland is directly related to well-being uh, it promotes it promotes immunity as well um hormones um it's, that's why it's called the happiness gland so if you just knock on there 20 times and again take some nice deep breaths in and out while you're doing it Okay, so the final point I'm going to teach you is the spleen. So basically, if you uh, take both hands and then just start tapping on the rib cage, so your left hand is tapping on the left rib cage and the right hand is tapping on the right rib cage. So this point might be a little bit tender. And the reason for that is that it's basically corresponding or it's it's linked to the spleen and the spleen is a place where we hold a lot of anger resentment resistance frustration it's where we dump emotion so if you tap and you have uh, tenderness then just keep tapping it just means you have some blocks going on in there so and then again you just really breathe in and breathe out and then just drink lots of water so then after that um tapping routine you will feel how do you feel i feel awake i mean i love i said all of those things and i think you know kind of moving your body in any way i think a physical thing is really good because it switches you on to something and i like the fact you said 20 because i think if you just do something for a while and you're not conscious about it but even having 20 i think yeah just kind of switching on both the mind and the body and kind of being like okay i'm out of bed i'm awake i'm doing this so so the tapping thing how long would you say it takes and do you do it every day or just every every day day. five minutes seven minutes and you can do it sitting up in bed so if you're if you find it hard to actually get out of bed in the morning but you you're fine to like open your eyes it's a really good way of just kind of it's like it it helps you with the transition of getting up so for me it's a very important time of day the moment you open your eyes because the moment you open your eyes and you come out into the world is the moment the mind switches on and you start worrying about stuff so there's a period of time before you go and do something and I think that it's really important to, to interrupt that period of time the first first period of time so as soon as I open my eyes I'm tapping and it's such a natural reaction now because it's it's such a it's a it's a behavior it's it's a positive behavior it's a positive pattern so I'm tapping I'm tapping and tapping um and I'm not necessarily going oh my gosh I've got to do 20 I'm just tapping I'm just tapping mm-hmm. I just know I need to do that and then I'm like awake okay cool and then I'm going to go and have like a hot water and then I'm going to go and do my meditation for 20 minutes half an hour then I'm going to go and do some journaling and then I'm good to go and and sometimes I read a script out on my phone as well so I very much believe in the power of positive words and positive words carrying this positive energy charge which is very good for again um, setting you up for the day so I've written out a script I call it like a life script of how I want to feel when I wake up in the morning of how I want to feel doing what I do of how I want to feel about different events that I've got going on how I want to feel in terms of my my bank account (laughs) I love talking about money how I want it in a a good way I just believe you know I just want to spread this positive energy around all aspects of our life so I read that out and that that I, I really really want to do that every day but sometimes because it's the last thing it's it happens every other day but I kind of feel like the life script is probably the most important thing so if I don't have 
if I only have time for either meditation or the script, I would usually choose the script. Right. It's funny because six months ago, I would have said, oh, no, it's all about meditation. It's all about meditation. And it is all about meditation. But when you've been meditating every day and you're in a very experienced meditator, you don't actually need to meditate every day. Um, many of us use meditation to you know, as a solution to our anxiety. That's actually not what meditation is meant for. Meditation is meant for you to quieten everything down and to be able to listen to that intuition, that voice of intuition inside, that instinct, that that inbuilt GPS that we have. That That's what meditation's for. It's not necessarily as a way of relieving anxiety, even though it's very, very effective at that. So yeah, I don't necessarily need to meditate every morning, um, but I would more, I would, yeah, I prefer to read my life script and get me into that positive space. So over the last few years, I mean, we're both, you know, based in London a lot of the time. And I think the wellness space has exploded, which is great because it means that more people are getting active and looking for ways to move and live better in healthier lives, which is, of course, great. But I do think it's also for some people, quite overwhelming it's very confusing there's so much information now telling us to do this and do it this way or do more and do more and do more but I have read um, and I know a lot about your kind of philosophy and the things that you believe support our whole lives so can you talk to me about each of the elements um, within your philosophy and why each one is important Um, so yeah philosophy keeps growing and evolving and getting switched up but I think if you're going to give it a backbone now, I always thought about having these pillars and there was this whole idea of having different pillars that represent different parts of our lives. But I think everyone's a little bit different and we've all got slightly different paths. Or we all have a different path, but some of us ignore them and, you know, physically and mentally are what's driving us, what's fueling us, where are we going with life. We all need a kind of little bit of direction. Otherwise, we're just floating through the universe with no real life purpose. You know, I always think and I really do believe that we've all got this superpower you know, no matter who we are, even if we don't, you know, we're not a superhero, you know, or we're not in this really fantastic job where we influence lots of people, you've still got this ability to affect people that you come into contact with. And that can either be in a negative way or it can be a positive way. And one, you know, I definitely know positive feels a lot better, but it's very easy to focus on negatives, usually a little bit easier than it is to focus on positives, which is a shame. Hmm. So, you know, this philosophy of like waking up every day and having a reason to wake up, one, especially this time of year, we're filming this now in the winter mm. when it's dark at six o'clock in the morning, it's cold, we're in yeah. London. And the amount of people that message me on, on the daily saying, I can't get out of bed. Same. I really struggle and my motivation's gone. Yep. And they might be the most motivated people ever, but they're still like, this bed is so cozy. Yep. I don't want to get out of bed right now. I hear you, I get the um, same. So I've woken up at 4.30 this morning a.m. I've driven up from Wales, you know, in the countryside. You know, it's amazing. Coming to London, I've got a hustle. I've got a big schedule. I've got a lot going on. But also, I like a cozy bed. I like to lie in. I'm, you know, I really value sleep. But having a reason to get up every morning, having this, like, philosophy where, you know what, I'm here for a reason. You might not know it yet, but you definitely don't want to waste a day just trying to mull over what to do with your day. Mm. And why to, why do you get up? Is it to get your family ready? Is it to go and go to a job that you hate? Is it to go to a job you love? We all have these choices. And if we start the first part of the day, just to start this philosophy off, waking up with a ritual that reminds you why you're even climbing out of bed to get up, get out the door and attack your day. What is that? I love that. 
and we all need to figure this out. Was, you know, I didn't figure it out maybe this year. More than ever, I've yeah. always un, un, you know known underneath that I've had this urge to go and achieve lots of amazing things, and that's driven me to help people. What a gift! But that was never the case when I was younger. I was really lost. Mm. I was thinking I need to go and make money because you know I've got to survive, and then I've got to be successful in business to be able to retire and do all these amazing things. And I wasn't actually happy in my job. So it was very easy for me to go, do you know what? I really don't want to wake up because I don't like my job. Yeah. Well, so many people I think do that. They go through the motions and, you know, you go to school and you get told at school, you've got to learn because you've got to go to get Mm -hmm. a job, as you said, and then you get your job. And for a lot of people, if they work for somebody else, they don't have any ownership over their work because it is literally to serve somebody else to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. You get the paycheck, people, you know, they live for the weekend. So that's when they're on their own time. And then it's back on a Monday and, and, you know, they live for maybe the holiday or, or the, the nights out or and I think what you're saying there is so true for so many people because that's essentially what we're told that's what society school every that's what we're told we're supposed to do and supposed to want to do so I think when people do it and then they feel unfulfilled it's like well hang on I'm doing the things I was supposed to do you know like mm. I've maybe got married I've maybe got a family I've, I go to work and as you said if you don't have that reason that's your reason like as you said about getting up in the morning and being like why am I getting out of bed today is it because my alarm's going off and you, know, you said I'm going to sit behind the desk doing that job for that paycheck because it's so I think that that is unfulfilling for so many people but perhaps they just don't see any other options available any yeah. other way out of it you know yeah so I always try and envision everyone sort of listening to this, for example. I know everyone's different. Mm-hmm. We've all got these different lives. We might have kids that are very demanding of our time, a partner. It might be someone we're caring for. It might be a job that you got into years ago and now you feel like you can't get out and it's too late, you're too old or whatever. Or maybe you're young and you haven't got a clue. That's still okay. But I think a lot of time there's always options that I think we either defeat ourselves too early because we don't have the confidence that this change that we're about to make is going to be even better and worth all the effort that goes into that decision to go and make that little bit more effort, to get up a little bit earlier, to go to bed a little bit earlier so you can get up earlier so you still get that valuable sleep. And I think if you look at the point where no matter what your job is, no matter what your life purpose is, you need a healthy body. Whether you're driven by money and a career and this amazing wealth or whether you're in a job that is over a desk and you're sat hunched over this desk all day, your body's slowly starting to break down. We know that's not healthy, but we still do it. Can you make more effort to take care of your health so you can function at the capacity you want to function at to be more productive, to be more focused? And I find we're just pushing, pushing, pushing a lot of the time because we want to achieve and we're all driven and we're all motivated. But you're you're neglecting the the simple fact that your physical and mental health is more important than anything. And if, you know, you're driven by the fact that you want to be successful Mm. and you want this big high flying career, if you keep burning the candle and get no sleep and you don't go train or you don't move, you don't exercise, you don't health, you know, eat healthy food, you're not nourishing your body. So eventually it's going to shut you down. Mm. And then all that hard work that you put in up until that point is a bit of a waste. So it's about how you find these little hacks and creating these little tools and rituals that are realistic for you right now Mm. and then start to build on them. And eventually productivity and the outcome will only lead to a more positive output. Mm. It's just what is that to you? And I think 
you know, part of the reason I do all this coaching now, it's these skills that I share are the little tools and experiments that allow you to figure out what is working for you, but start small. Mm. You know, going back to philosophy, your health, your well-being, moving through life, free from pain, being able to pick up your grandkids, grow, grow old gracefully, be proactive, be active, be adventurous, get outside more, enjoy nature, enjoy every day. Don't look to enjoy it later on in life because it might be too late. That's my biggest driver. I'm not wasting a single second. I'm definitely not going to waste it worrying about things that are out of my control. I'm definitely not going to give my energy to people that don't value it or want to just suck it out of me. You know, you've got to focus on you and prioritize your health and then you've got more powers to help others. Back in the day, you know, there was Top of the Pops and there was CD UK and there was, you know, This Morning TV or whatever it was, you know, and then, you know, and then arriving to the Brit Awards. And so, you know, we had to make little changes that were often from one day to the next, but just to, you know, create a new kind of vibe on the same thing. And that taught me a lot, you know, definitely taught me a lot. And that's that same thing, that massive confidence boost. Of course, then, you know, you're that Kanye's choreographer and you're very much on the map. And so, you know, then the record labels and and everybody else kind of and start to put more trust in you and give you different performances to do. Um, I thought about this really yesterday. I I choreographed a performance for Karim Bailey Ray um, and it was another Brit Awards performance. And um, we had, I think, probably around 40 girls and they were all girls of colour and the track was put your record on and and the whole thing was a kind of street carnival like Notting Hill vibe and you know there was the whole line about the afro and and you know everyone had their hair out and it was supernatural beautiful styling you know fresh skin and and we moved for around two and a half minutes of the three minute track we moved in slow motion and so why I thought of it yesterday was because I was like yeah that's that's my whole thing at the moment is about slowing down and when I think about that performance and I got a lot of um stick I think at the time definitely in the rehearsals I remember the night before the director was like, yeah, this is really not working for us. And I, you know, was like, oh, no, but, you know, I I think that this is, you know, going to be such a beautiful, beautiful performance. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of pressure and, you know, all the big, big wigs. And and I kind of stood my gun and I was like, no, you know what? I think it's going to be a moment. So let's, you know, and anyway, (laughs) it's the night before and we're not changing it. So let's just go with it. And, um, and that and now looking back the whole thing about moving slow and watching all of these beautiful black girls just moving really slowly and her delicious lyrics and the whole thing it really was a moment and you know that creating things that that you feel are 
mean something in whatever you're doing mm. you know I think then when you look back and you have these like this is your lifetime moments I feel like I'm on this is your <laughs> life um then they're the things that stick out for you yeah. yeah most definitely in fact the director after that a few years a few years later we were working on uh, the MTV awards together and he said to me Aish you know what I've, I've got to I've got to tell you you were a hundred percent right on that Corinne gig. You were, you were. His name is Hamish Hamilton. He's like the best director in the world. I mean, he does like the Super Bowl and wow. the Oscars and stuff like that. He's incredible. Mm. Um, and you know, for him to say that after a few years later, and was like, yeah, okay. Credit where credit's due. Yeah, amazing. that's amazing. And so many things then that you're talking about, I was thinking, you know, especially when you said about the Kanye gig, you know, that giving you a confidence boost. And I think often when you do look at, as you said, like people's success reel and their their CV, their highlights, you, you kind of just assume like, wow, this person has just, you know, gone from strength to strength to strength. It's been amazing. But actually, I guess for you in that journey, like you said, you've had those moments where you're like, that gives you kind of, you know, the confidence to push forward or to open new doors for you or... Absolutely, but and that never stops, you know. Like, you know that the road to success is not one straight line, mm. you know. And actually, it's all about, it's all about, it's all about the doors that close. It's all about the challenges that you face, and it's all about how you understand yourself in order to be able to move through those things. You mm. know, that's that's what it is, and and in in those gaps is where you then go oh okay it's that because you know it's it, it's there there is some kind of path that is mm. that's you know destined for you and so when that door is closing and you're like ah, uh, you know what I mean it's such an old saying but when one door closes the other one opens it's just so relevant mm. you know and don't kind of get stuck behind that closed door sure. that's what it is you know just turn and find the next path mm, yeah I love that and I think it's not always in the the timing that we would like or that we expect you know I'm quite an impatient person and that's yeah. something that in the past I wish I could have said to myself you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. you think this is the time and if it's not now it's never going to be but actually it, you know there's always another chance always more yes. time yes 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 exactly exactly and that's so you know so it just keeps coming back to my thing like I'm like yes so slow down slow down you know opening a new business now um with fit and that was a whole thing like as well I'm like okay I started that I did the first class a year and a half ago and I kind of was giving myself all of these things that needed to be happening and targets and this and that and I'm like no but actually this and especially this I have to take my own advice that yeah. I'm giving out is about slowing down mm -hmm. and so you know letting everything move organically as I have with the other businesses, you know, mm. and the other businesses are where they are because mm. they've had time. The simple act of adding more variety to your diet, largely plants, lots yep. of different fibrous items, are fantastic. Okay. So that's something I think we should all do. Great. I'm going to try <laughs> that this, this week because I fall into that habit, as I'm sure we all do, mm. of just grabbing the stuff that I always get. So like you just said, I know exactly where they are. I get the tomatoes, I get the avocados, I get the, the mini corn, I get the same things mm. and the certain vegetables, which I never cook. And mm. I, I don't know if it's because I don't really like them as much or maybe I don't really know what to do with them. So I think, yeah, this week I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and get three new vegetables in the fridge, in the house. Um, and what should we be doing less of? 
I think we should be using doing less self-loathing so i have this i have this issue and this is getting quite personal now but uh i stroll through instagram or i'll speak to my friends who are being super successful and doing all this kind of stuff and not necessarily online or or in in the media attention it could just be my medical friends who are you know working towards consultancy or like publishing papers and that kind of stuff and i always think to myself ah I wish I could do that. I wish I could do more. I wish I could achieve what I've achieved in the last uh, year in a month and then I can move on to the next thing. And I think it's this constant like nagging at yourself that we tend to do because we're exposed to so many people doing incredible things. And maybe not even people within our community. It might be people like Elon Musk. It might be people uh, like the the guy who started the Khan Academy. Like, isn't that incredible? Like, you know, there's this guy who used to be a banker and then he uh, did this huge internet online business and it's it's uh, uh, creating a wealth of information for the new generation of kids that are, are computer literate. You know, I wish I could do that. It's just this constant self-loathing. And I think it's something I see a lot of, particularly in the younger generations who have been sold the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial lifestyle as something to aspire for is actually a lot of entrepreneurs are facing record levels of low mood, record levels of, of self-loathing. And I think it's something that we need to address because you can be super happy uh, and live the simplest life. And actually, those are what the happiest people are doing. They're living their simplest life. Yeah, that's super interesting. I'm so glad that you shared that because I definitely, yeah, I think so many people look up to, as you said, people in their industry, people in different industries. This person's doing this. They're launching that. They're featured in this. They're working on that. They're ticking off goals, goals, goals. And like you said, <laughs> it can make you feel like, oh gosh, like your own achievements. You're like, oh, actually I'm not doing anything when actually you are. And, and regardless of what you're achieving and not achieving, as you said, Mm. different things bring happiness to different people there's nothing wrong with being content and happy with what you do and not feeling like well that's just complacency or that's just kind of you know mediocrity like that's okay if you're happy and fulfilled surely that's more important absolutely and I think you know as well as like less of self-loathing it's like more love actually it's like instead of like oh I wish I could do that or I wish oh why am I doing that it's like isn't that amazing that person's doing that I love that person that's great good for them okay so it's a mushroom that is you can buy it in powdered form and it's totally legal by the way it's uh it's 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 food but it also has property so it's what they call a functional food Mm. and it's a, a medicinal mushroom and it wakes your brain up. So old me used to have a really foggy brain and I couldn't speak properly at four o'clock in the morning. And I find if I do a little mixture, put a little bit of this in with my teas, my brain is just like on. Like really? That. Like, like, like Really. Did you, you used to try caffeine? Did you used to have coffee in the morning? I used to have coffee, but I used to get crashes. Mm-hmm. So when I hear you talking about how sensitive you are to caffeine, I think I am too, to be honest. Uh, so I used to do it with really strong coffee, but I'd find it affected me emotionally. And in the afternoons, I would be like out like a light. Uh, So now I do it all from tea. It does have caffeine in it, but I find tea kinder to my body. And um, yeah, I'm really into adaptogenic mushrooms. That's what they're called. Yeah, I have heard about that actually quite yeah. a lot. So where can people, where do you get lion's mane or, or is it, um, yeah, the, the adaptogenic mushrooms, are they quite easy to get, to get hold of in supermarkets or do you have to kind of order them online? Yeah, it's order online. So there's a company called Four Sigmatic that make them and uh, there's a guy called Tero Isocapilla and he's amazing. And if he's ever on a podcast, if you get him on 
that's like double whammy because I love you and I love him. But any podcast he's on, I'll listen to him because okay. I think he's amazing. And he explains the beauty and the brilliance of mushrooms. And as I've learned more about nutrition, I'm totally with you. I'm more and more plant-based now. Mm. Plants are so brilliant. Yeah. And um, I've really upped their levels in my life. So uh, yeah, lion's mane mushrooms, if you want to read into them. But obviously, you know, read all about them. Don't just do them because I've said. <laughs> but um, they're <laughs> yeah. really good for waking up your brain. Great. So that's your tea. Yeah. So I have so my tea. tea. Yeah, have my tea. And then um, not add my shower yet, have I? Pop back upstairs, have a shower. And I do this thing at the moment where I've realized that happiness is everything. So I try and make myself in a happy state. So I'll have my favorite shower gel and I'll put um, my favorite knickers on. <laughs> Just everything favorite. As, make my morning as nice as I can but just little bits of kindness. So I'll try and put my clothes out the night before. So that decision's already been made. Um, make sure, like I said, I have nice underwear that I smell nice, that I have nice shower gel, and then go back downstairs. My drink's ready, drink that, and then off I go out for my day. Off you go. And I just feel really happy before I've even left the house. Sounds great. I've got a couple of questions. And again, questions that I get asked because my, I often get up before my son, so I've tipped her around to be really quiet, but also my husband. So if he is, some mornings he's getting up early with me, if he's going for, to the gym or something, but sometimes he's not getting up. So I'm assuming Kate doesn't want to get up every day at 2am. <laughs> so yeah, how does that work? You still, you still share a bedroom, but how do you, I guess, be stealth and not disturb your partner? Well, somebody got us for Christmas this, um, I'm going to have to describe it because I don't know what they're called. Is it like um, a salt rock lamp? The light that slowly gets brighter no not that no but it's like that so it's okay. like a really soft pink light but it's got it's made of rock salt and okay. it apparently charges the irons in the bedroom oh <laughs> we're, we're learning all these things oh yeah mushrooms rocks <laughs> yeah I know. that's totally everyone would be like okay she's strange she eats insects uh she squashes up mushrooms uh, but yeah, it's this like really soft light. So it's kind to your body. Um, and that's the bedroom light that I'll have on, uh, positively charge all the irons in the bedroom. And I'm just as quiet as possible. But I think with early breakfast, what I've learned to do is do as much the night before as possible. So with my drink in the morning, I just set it all out. So everything's just ready for me to half asleep, pick up and go. Uh, so my clothes are already out. So I don't need to be banging around the bedroom, waking Kate up. Uh, and so, yes, I'm just as mindful as possible just not to wake her up. And she sleeps like a log, so she doesn't really care. Oh, that's she's, good. Yeah, she's fine. I think some people are using it as an excuse, Adele. They're telling me, <laughs> I can't do the power, Adrian, because I can't do the power hour because I don't want to wake up my husband or whatever. So, yeah, we've got to be stealth like ninjas. Yeah. And so this has been a few years. So I guess, has your body clock adjusted? For example, like when you're on holiday or because you don't, you, don't, you don't do seven days, right? No. So on your days off or on holiday, do you just sleep or do you still wake up? Yeah, it's something I think that you never totally get used to. I think that you have it right. I think, you know, you mentioned before the circadian rhythm and that is the best way. I almost have to just trick my body to deal with the body clock that I have to keep. Uh, so I make it as nice for myself as possible. But if I could choose, I would probably get up at five like you do. Get up with the sun, go to bed with the sun because uh, your hormones are balanced then. Whereas at two in the morning, it's never going to be nice. You're never going to get used to it and your body is never going to accept it. So I just do it as best I can. Hmm. 
Okay, so with that, what time do you have to go to bed every night? Because again, it's something that I've really had to work hard to cultivate discipline around. It is probably harder for me to go to bed early than it is for me to get up early. Honestly, I can get out of bed in the morning, but going to bed when there's always something else to do, you know, you think, oh, I'll just do this. I'll just, and before you know it, you're like, it's 10 past, it's 20 past, it's half past. <laughs> so going to bed early for me has been where I have to be strict. So for you, do you, two questions, what time do you go to bed? But also have you ever, I think I read online that you declined an invitation to like an award show in the evening because you were like no I've got to get up for that show whereas I've heard people like Nick Grimshaw go to the party (laughs) go to the after party and just rock up for that show in you know their party clothes so yeah have you ever done that have you ever done an (laughs) all-nighter Do you know, that is really funny. You're so right. You get two passes at Radio 1, one for the Brits and one for the Christmas party. Okay. Right. So that's, if you're late for those shows, people will understand. I <laughs> don't do either because I, w- I, I will get sacked. <laughs> so you can't go from the party <laughs> no. straight to the show. And it's what you just said. Just know yourself. Right. Um, and I know I can't do it. Okay. So I don't try it. Um, I, I have to have discipline. And the way I see it is if it's a Radio 1 day, all your effort goes into that show, then you can mess around after you've done the show sort of thing. So all of my routine is geared to making sure that's the best show I can do that day because I feel like I I owe that to the listeners. Okay. So when that one show comes on, I'm like, right, start winding down now. Start packing it in. (laughs) Start getting rid of all the screens. Uh, What time is that? So 7 o'clock. You know the one show? Yeah, 7 p.m. So when that starts, I'm like, right, um, you're in for the night now. You're Mm -hmm. not going out. And then I start trying to wind myself down. Um, this week I've been catching up on Luther. Don't do that because that gets you too hyped. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I can't even watch. My husband watched Luther, I think it was years ago. Right. And I saw one episode and I was like, I am never <laughs> watching that. I think because it's set in London and it's so close to, oh my gosh, anybody who's listening who hasn't seen Luther, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But if you have an anxious disposition, do not watch the show before you go to bed. It's horrible. <laughs> totally. Like I don't want to get on the bus in London anymore because of this current series. Um, so I, yeah, I just try and wind down as much as possible, get away from screens, get towards books or just like good old fashioned entertainment, like talking to people. Mm. So, um, I try and be in bed by eight. I've got to be asleep by nine. Cause if I'm not, I'm on a road to ruin. So what happens is I split my sleep up. So definitely asleep by nine, Adele. And then you wake up at two, you go and do your show, you do your best show, and then you come home and you go to sleep for however long you can sleep for. So I, I have a, I have a, like almost two days and I come home and I'm usually asleep between eight and nine in the morning, just as like a little recharge. Okay. And then I have the rest of my day. So during the week, I probably get six hours sleep in two sections. And then at weekends, I just let myself sleep and just see when I wake up. Okay. So you kind of, yeah, sleep longer and then have, because I've heard naps are really, really powerful, especially if you nap for a short amount of time. I think if you nap for a couple of hours, you can feel worse maybe, but I think short naps are apparently really, really good for us. When it comes to learning, what are some things that people could do and how do you stay well, two things, motivated and disciplined. Because yeah. I think initially it's like, oh, I'm going to do this. But then, like you said, once you realise how much work it is, yeah. how do you stay disciplined to keep learning? I guess I guess the first thing would be to break it down into to tiny to tiny chunks. And I think even when it comes to, I guess, like learning and learning your craft, I think it's accepting that it's not going to be overnight. This is something that's going to be, you know, long-winded and it's going to carry on. But if you kind of break it down into chunks, I think that makes it a lot easier. Um, and I really think it's important to learn from others. I think there's no there's no harm in 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 watching your favourite person. You know, the people that I I I I 
I think that are great at learning. They're watching other people. So where you know, for me, it's being in the DJ booth when someone that I admire is playing. Actually, anyone in the DJ booth it doesn't have, they don't have to be someone that I admire. I love watching other people DJ. I'm like, oh, they did that. Okay, I'm gonna try that when I go home. Yeah. You know, um, listening to other people on the radio. You know, because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to be on radio. Okay, what do you listen to? I don't, li- I don't listen to radio. <laughs> so, but people do. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Um, and how can you, you know, learn if you don't, if you don't even listen, or you're not even trying to engage with the task that you want to be. You want to be a presenter, then watch other, watch other presenters. You want to make your own podcast, listen, listen to other podcasts. Um, so, def- I think that's definitely a tip. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, the internet is there because I, I think I'm more of a, I guess I, I learn from doing a lot of it. So I want you to teach me the beginning bits and now let me go on my own. And I'm a solitary learner. I learn okay. best on my own. So for me, learning is being five hours in a DJ room on my own with no phone. Mm, and focused. I can I can do that a lot. And even when I first started learning how to DJ, I had the decks at home and I every night I came home I just put deck put this put them on and just go for hours and hours and hours. And I was only mixing the same two songs. <laughs> but, you know, Repetition. I was like, I really need to move move on. Like, <laughs> got this one. Got this one, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I can I can do a set now. <laughs> oh, oh, now, damn, damn, I've got to mix other genres. You know, that was a whole nother um, learning curve. So, yeah, I say, I say break it down into small chunks. I would say watch and learn from others. Um, and then I guess in terms of the, the discipline... Do you think because, you know, you wanted to do that, Mm. so obviously you had like, you had the desire and the will, there was no one saying to you, you know what, you need to do four hours of practice today, four hours of this. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's different when it's like, it's your passion? You want to be disciplined because you want to do it. Yeah, I definitely think you have to, you have to want to do it and you have to want it. And I do wonder how much people really want things. What what are you willing to to do? You know, how far are you willing to go? Mm Mm-hmm to get it and, and I do I do I do wonder because there are people that I I, I, I smell it when people want it mm. you know it you're like okay I'll see you in 10 years you know yep. you just know it and, I, and then you you know when people will give you any excuse to, to not to not do it as well and it's not that they don't want it they just don't want it that badly at that time or they don't believe that they can have it you know mm. so I definitely think like that the discipline side of things I think just comes from I think comes from sports to be honest I think playing football I played football um, for years and up until I was 16 and I think that's what that discipline you you it's so when you look at like sports and and working out it's so easy to see the results of, of work isn't it how much mm-hmm. work you put in and then the result of what that what that gives you, you mm-hmm. the more you practice the more the better you'll be the more you the longer you run the more fit you'll be it's very easy to see like the direct correlation um, but I think in sort of the more creative things we we need the, con- that the the hard work is the consistency, and if you do something the same thing or you keep on being consistent for a year, you will see the results. Mm-hmm. And I think the discipline has to you have to have the belief to discipline yourself. Yes, yes, I'll hear it, people, because like, <laughs> everyone who if regular listeners of this podcast will know that. I'm into sport, I'm into mm. fitness, I'm a runner. And I often relate things back to that all the time. Yeah. But it's like, it is, as you said, such a clear, you know, action and result. And, you know, you kind of, when I always say to people, put the miles in, put the miles mm. in. And yes, I'm talking about running, but it applies to everything. You yeah. know, it applies to any area of your life. As you said, consistency, putting the miles in, it does pay off. Yeah, we have yeah. a thing in radio called air miles. And so the longer you're on radio for, the more air miles you have. Um, and when I was trying to come through, they were like, you need to get your air miles up. So I was like, oh, I've got to get my air miles up. I've only got a show that's, um, you know, one once, once a week on Represent. 
and then just out of nowhere represent we're like oh we're launching a drive time show we want you to be the drive time presenter we'll pay for your travel so it's uh, five days a week and in my head I was like okay cool this sounds this is amazing this is what I've been thinking universe is what I've been asking for so five days a week two hours a day times that by you know two hours a day that's ten hours a week times that by a month times that by a year if I do that yeah that's how many radio radio miles air miles are there and I was like that's what's gonna yep. get me to where I need to get to There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.